The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, fears around a significant escalation of the violence in the Middle East continue to grow, and along the border between Israel and Lebanon, a number of UN peacekeepers, including Irish troops, are stationed. Now, to provide an update on their situation, I'm joined by Lieutenant Colonel Fikra Keyes, who's officer in command of overseas operations. Fikra, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Pat. How many troops do we have with UNIFIL? So currently in UNIFIL, we have approximately 340 men for personnel serving, both men and women. Okay, now this has been a, an ongoing operation for what, 40 years? 40 years, yes. What does UNIFIL stand for? UNIFIL stands for the United Nations Interim Force in Lebanon. Now, the reason I asked you that is because I know the I in the middle is intriguing. Mm. Interim. Interim. Which means it yes. was expected to be replaced by something else. That's and correct. 40 years on, it's still there. That's correct. 40 years. It's an enduring mission. Uh, unfortunately, the situation in Lebanon hasn't improved or has had its ups and downs. And that's why the mission is still there. Now, what exactly is the mission? Okay, so the mission basically is to oversee the withdrawal of Israeli forces from Lebanon. And that's the endurance part of it, as that has never been completed since Israel invaded Lebanon in 1978. Now, how... Are they still there or is it that there's a kind of a a no man's land, a bit like the demilitarized zone between North and South Korea? I mean, are there any Israeli troops on the ground, for example? So uh, between Lebanon and Israel, you have an area of separate. It's not so much an area of separation as an area called the Blue Line. Uh, It's not an internationally recognized border, but that line is not because it's not an internationally recognized border. It includes part of Lebanese territory in Israel. Okay, so the the line, I mean, it's not just a line uh, like you'd have a line in the middle of the road. I presume it's quite wide. Correct, that's correct. Uh, how wide might it be? Uh, it's sufficiently wide just to manoeuvre vehicles through. It's for an Israeli security area. and They have a, a, an electrified fence, and that basically is the frontier, if you will, between Israel and Lebanon. Mm-hmm. So how do the UNIFIL troops then interact with both uh, the Lebanese f- uh, authorities... Um, and I'm not sure whether in that area it's Hezbollah who are running the show <laughs> and with the Israelis. I mean, what is the nature of that interaction? OK, so of the 340 personnel that I alluded to earlier, those personnel are located in the infantry battalion, which is responsible for monitoring and observing the security situation on the Lebanese side of the blue line. They do not interact with the Israelis. They only interact with the Lebanese local authorities, primarily mayors and representatives of the Lebanese official security. Uh, not with Hezbollah. You not with Hezbollah. They don't need Hezbollah at Not all. with Hezbollah. Liaison between UNIFIL and Israel happens at force headquarters level, which is located on the coast in Nakura, and that's at a high level engagements. Now, the Israelis know what you're doing, don't they? They have observation towers. How big are they? How tall? Well, the the towers, they're basically, uh, we call them Israeli positions. They're just military positions with significant surveillance suites, if you will, that are deployed on them. Uh, Towers specifically, they're like antennas with just sensor arrays. Um, One of them, I think, was hit by Hezbollah. Is that so? So they have been targeting Israeli assets. Yes. So since the commencement of hostilities in Gaza and the spillover subsequently into Lebanon on the 8th of October... Um, the Hezbollah have targeted the Israeli surveillance apparatus on their side of the blue line. And in doing this, they have hit their surveillance suites, such as cameras, uh, radar installations and so forth. 
Um, how much in harm's way are the UNIFIL troops? OK, so UNIFIL troops, as you said, they've been there for 40 years. Uh, the area has always been tense. Uh, in the context of the very current conflict, they, they are in harm's way, but all of that is mitigated against by the way they conduct their operations. So when people see on the news, for example, the shelling and the fires that are going on in South Lebanon, depending on the proximity that those activities are to Irish Polbat, our personnel go into bunkers and are not exposed to those fires. Now, you are peacekeepers, not peace enforcers. Correct. So you don't engage. Is that, Correct. Is that the rule? So, so the rule is to monitor and observe and bear witness to the events that are happening in South Lebanon. And the reports and the verifiable information that we garner is then sent through the reporting chain back to New York. All right, uh, but the the mandate is obviously you can defend yourselves, uh, but it it is not to be uh, positively engaging with uh, either side. No, the the object is to de-escalate through mediation and conversation rather than resort to uh, lethal force. Now, this has been going on for a long time, for some forty years. Um, does either side want to resolve this, or mm-hmm. are they happy uh, for their own reasons to keep this thing mm-hmm. fudged? Mm-hmm. I think the conduct of our operations and the fact that we've been there for 40 years would suggest that neither side is willing to meet a compromise at this moment. Yeah, and certainly in the wake of October the 7th, we're not going mm-hmm. to see any uh, forces for compromise coming into into play, I presume. I presume so. Now, the uh, Irish troops who are there, they are only fairly recently deployed. How many of them would have seen service before? So at least one third of the personnel that are out there have uh, deployed before um, and put at least one third and then possibly one third are first timers. Um, is it in an entirely Irish force or are there other nationalities and who is the officer commanding? OK, so the officer commanding is a gentleman by the name of Stephen McCone from Kilkenny. Um, most of the personnel out there are Irish. We also have nine Maltese soldiers with us. Uh, the overall construct of Irish Polebat comprises of a lead Irish element with the Maltese and then approximately 250 Polish soldiers who have some Hungarian soldiers serving with them. But Lieutenant Colonel Steve McCone is the battalion commander. Now, what, how have things changed since October the 7th, or rather the morning after October mm. uh, the 8th? Because uh, speaking to Sky News last November, Lieutenant Colonel Cahal Kahan said that a wider range of weapons with, uh, with greater lethality are mm-hmm. being used by uh, militant groups across the Irish section. So what, how has that changed, what you've been doing and even the kind of equipment that you might be required to have? Yeah, so, so basically, despite the fact that technologies have changed uh, by the protagonists, the, the mitigating measures in the context of how we conduct our operations have shifted to reflect that threat. So, as I said to you earlier, in the event of close firings or firings in Irish pullback, which are in close proximity to our positions, or indeed if we have patrols that are patrolling, they will be recalled to UN positions, not necessarily an Irish position, but a UN position where they will go to Groundhog. Um, our capacity to monitor the firing has increased through better visual acuity and better uh, radar detecting sensors. All right, so basically you're aware that whatever they're pegging at each other uh, could be far more lethal than what they have been using. Yes, that's correct, Pat, yes. Yeah. Uh, the respect that is shown to UNIFIL forces, uh, both by civilian populations and by uh, any militant groups that you come across, w- mm-hmm. what is the... Can you 
kind of quantify or qualify mm-hmm. that relationship? Well, as you can appreciate, um, the local population, because of our standing there for the last 40 years, is very well disposed towards the Irish, and that hasn't changed. Um, that is still very much the case. Uh, in relation to other non-state actors, for example, they're in irregular interface with Unifil forces and Irish Polbat, uh, can be frictious, but that happens on a very rare occasion. Yeah, and we know there was a fatality as a result of an encounter. That's correct, Pat. Yeah. Um, would there be any uh, situation where the UN would say, we're out of here? Uh, it, it's, not, it's not conceivable, I would say. Um, the UN, UNIFIL and the Irish government have all stipulated that there is no intention to withdraw from Le- um, Lebanon or UNIFIL. Um, we've been there for 40 years. It is not the first time that there has been kinetic conflict in that part of the world, 1978, 82, 2006. And on all of those occasions, UNIFIL has stayed to monitor and has said bear witness. Uh, if UNIFIL were to withdraw, then there would be no accountability. There'd be nobody there to, to witness what is happening, unlike what is happening in Gaza, where there is no and there are no witnesses at the moment. Yeah, which is concerning, obviously, to the rest of the world, that there's no independent uh, observation as to what's going on. Is it difficult to fill the complement of troops that are deployed currently in Lebanon? I mean, mm-hmm. there was some stories of last-minute recruitment and so on, or even people being ordered to go than, mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. volunteering to go. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's not difficult to fill volunteers for overseas. Um, there's always a good volunteer cohort willing to travel. OK, so, so even though there were reports of, you know, last-minute recruitment, there was no one forced to go. There's no one forced to go. Recruitments, recruits certainly don't get an opportunity to go straight away. Yeah. They have to garner some degree of experience on Ireland before they can be allowed to volunteer to go overseas. All right. So, so people still enjoy the experience of, of getting into areas of uh, possible conflict. They, fe- they feel, I suppose, that's real soldiering. Yeah, they possibly do. I don't know if enjoy is the correct term, Pat, <laughs> but yes, it's part and parcel of the trade as a peacekeeper. How long will the current uh, uh, contingent be deployed? When, how long do they stay there? When do they come back? So a contingent typically deploys for approximately six months. The current contingent deployed in November and is due to rotate in May this year. Yeah. Uh, and do any of them remain on or, you know, some of the veterans who might uh, like to mm-hmm. show ropes, the ropes to new people mm-hmm. coming in? Yeah, so this goes back to your question about volunteers. So there are usually a number on each rotation that will apply for an extension to remain in Lebanon for a further deployment that can be facilitated. All right. And in terms of other overseas operations, I mean, there uh, is to be a deployment of Irish troops to a, a European uh, battalion, isn't that so? Is that happening? And is there any shortage of volunteers for that? And there's no plans to deploy any troops at the moment as part of a European battalion. No plans at all? No. So what are the overseas operations in which Irish troops are currently involved? So currently we're deployed in UNIFIL, um, we're deployed in UNDAF, uh, where we're part of the observer group, um, or the Force Reserve Company, um, and we're also part of the observer group uh, called UNSO, which is deployed in the Middle East theatre as well, which covers both Syria, Lebanon and uh, Israel. In terms of the equipment that uh, Irish troops have, do we supply that or is there a United Nations spec? No, all the equipment supplied in UNIFIL is Irish Defence Force equipment owned by the state. 
Okay, so we, ha- although we are compensated, I presume, by the UN yes, for, they, 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 for the they, monies we spend. Correct. They they effectively lease that office, for want of a mm. better word, and they. Yeah, and, and I presume that you're comfortable with the level of equipment and the sophistication of it, and mm-hmm. so on, uh, with which you're now supplied. Yeah, the equipment that we supply is top of the range. Uh, we've been very fortuitous in being able to acquire that uh, equipment over a period of time. Um, it's suitable for the environment that we're working in and the troops and personnel that are using it are well trained in it and know exactly how to use it. Um, there are obviously family members of those who are deployed uh, listening to us at the moment. Uh, what would you say to them to give them some uh, reassurance mm. a- about the safety of their loved ones? Absolutely. Um, I- I've been to Lebanon four times myself. I'd just like to say uh, from the family's perspective, your personnel are doing an absolute fantastic job. Uh, you should be very proud of them and your support in supporting them when they are away with your text messages and your phone calls and your letters, uh, that's very much appreciated. Um, I would also say don't worry over Julie about them in the context of they are well protected, they are well provided for um, and every effort is made not to expose them unnecessarily in harm's way. Mm. By the way, just a final uh, question about the uh, advent of smartphones i mean it must change everything because they can actually facetime their loved ones and you know right. in a way that they might have been queuing up in the old camp shamrock for a phone that's to make right. a call home in, that's not the way anymore no in in um in 1998 pat i had the uh, dubious experience of having to pay uh, i think it was two dollars a minute to use the satellite telephone to ring home to my girlfriend who is now my wife um nowadays you can do it instantly in fact trying to create that degree of separation can be a challenge yeah, because you've got to get people concentrating on the job in hand rather than maybe worrying about the homework at home. Correct. There's a job to be done too. So, yeah, that's right. Right. Lieutenant Colonel Fiacre Keyes, Officer in Command of Overseas Operations, thank you very much for joining us on the programme. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.